So I have that same uh, belief that we hold on to God's unchanging truth. No matter what we're facing, God is there. So we're getting a chance as a people, as a nation, to spend time with God like we've never had a time or a chance before. All the distractions are gone. We just have ourselves and our houses and our families and the Lord. So we have to learn how to slow down, let our habits be changed to where we have a desire to seek the Lord. And I know it's hard to seek the Lord at times because, you know, we're so used to watching things. We watch TV, we watch movies, we watch sporting events, we go shopping, we, we do things, we watch things. But God is something that you can't see, but it's only something, someone that you can feel. And he's in us wanting to make himself known to us. And there's no greater joy than to be with the Lord. After you've done everything that you can to make yourself happy, when you sit down and be with the Lord, oh, what a joy that comes over our souls. He is the only one that really satisfies us. And I'm so thankful that we have a God that does, us for, does that for us. So uh, we are broadcasting now live, and also we'll be on Facebook anytime you want to come. And I'm so thankful that my son has made it available for the youth to hear their messages through Sully and the children to hear their messages through Margaret and um, Lily. So I want him to come up right now and just let us know what's happening around town and keep you up to date on all the things that we are, are doing at New Hard Foursquare Church. Well, hello, church. It's so good to see you. God bless you all. I hope you are staying safe and healthy during this time. Uh, it's so good to come to you again uh, from New Heart Foursquare Church. We're broadcasting live via Facebook. I just wanted to, first of all, give you some encouragement. Um, just whatever you're doing out there, I don't know everything everyone in particular is doing, but it is working. Uh, we are seeing so many people uh, just from... Uh, just my conversations with people, just come to a deeper relationship with God in our church and people outside of our church um, as we're sharing the good news and, and doing good works. Uh, just, just to let you know, on Facebook Live, uh, our uh, reach is up 400% on Facebook uh, in the last 30 days as a result of us broadcasting online. And uh, we've reached over 2,000 people on Facebook alone. So, you know, when you come and watch and when you comment and when you like, uh, you know, the feed, the Facebook Live and our posts, it's really getting out to a lot of people and a lot of people are watching and listening right now because they want to find answers and they want to find the truth. So keep doing those types of things. Some other examples of good things that you can do, you can give someone you love a call and just say you're praying for them, for their safety and for their health. You can um, call someone who's older help them set up uh, grocery delivery. You can go out and get groceries for someone else if you would like to. There's a lot of options. We all have different talents and gifts, uh, and we need to be using those during this time in a safe and appropriate manner. Uh, just for example, I know somebody who has started making masks, cloth masks, and is distributing them uh, to all her friends and family. So there's a lot of different options that you can do. Uh, during this time to just uh, still be doing good works and to be loving on people. So yeah, we're broadcasting, you can tell your friends, we're broadcasting every Sunday on Facebook Live at 10.30 Pacific, 10.30 a.m. Pacific. Um, 
Uh, and, you know, my dad's sermon is also available uh, on our website. Under, if you click media, uh, you can get his sermon. Uh, some other things, the youth, again, we've been talking about this, are being broadcast live at 1130 on Instagram Live. You just search for New Heart for You. It's N-E-W-H-E-A-R-T, the number four, Y-O-U, to find our Facebook and Instagram pages. This week, um, Sully is going to start posting the video after, uh, by 1 o'clock, 1 p.m., both on Instagram and Facebook. So if your youth don't have Instagram, they can still watch the video on Facebook after the fact. Uh, The elementary, and to also let you know, it's, Margaret is doing a really good job. She's trying to orient the lesson for both elementary kids and toddlers. Uh, So if you have elementary or toddlers, uh, she's got some really awesome stuff in store for uh, all the kids today. She's got a a song in store. She's got a little lesson because they're still doing goodness. They're still learning about goodness with uh, a white cloud and a dark cloud in in terms of what's good and what's not good um, just for the visual so that that way um, they can learn what goodness is all about. Uh, so she's got some really awesome stuff. Don't miss her at 1130, uh, 11.30 a.m. today Pacific. Then also we want to let you know about uh, an event uh, in terms of good works. There's a whole host of different Christians coming together for an event on Facebook Live called Hope Rising. If you just go to Hope rising.live or search for Hope Rising uh, on Facebook, you'll be able to find it. It's tonight at 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern, 8 p.m., uh, and it's just got, it's hosted by uh, Kirk Cameron and Candace Cameron Bure. Franklin Graham is going to be speaking because all the money that's raised from the event um, goes to support Samaritan's Purse's work uh, and all their medical missions efforts in Italy and New York City. Uh, so tune into that. You can comment on that. You can um, spread that for people so that we can raise money um, to help uh, with uh, the medical missions efforts. Uh, there's going to be bands like Mercy Me, Kirk Franklin, uh, for King and Country. There's going to be all kinds of different Christian artists. So that's another way that uh, Christians, what they're doing to help during this time. Uh, and then also I wanted to tell you youth camp. Uh, I know it's only April, but we had planned on doing youth camp July 1st through 4th this year, um, right now the Foursquare District is sending around uh, questionnaires to some of the youth pastors and senior pastors to find out, you know, if that's something that people are interested in for this year. So we're still uh, waiting to hear from them about whether or not they're going to do a camp or if they're going to host some kind of virtual camp. But I just wanted you to uh, put July 1st through 4th, just save it, uh, save the date on your calendar because We'll either be doing some type of camp up at Camp Cedarcrest this year or some kind of virtual camp for the youth. So um, as I get information, I'll, be, I'll continue to update you um, throughout the coming weeks. So you know, please be looking out for that. And I know the youth will be excited regardless of what we do. And then lastly, uh, if you want to give online, you can go to our website. It's newheart, N-E-W-H-E-A-R-T, the number four, Y-O-U. And if you click uh, Give Online, you can uh, give your tithes and offerings. Um, it's a secure portal. Uh, it's, 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 um, your information is safe. Uh, and so uh, please give that way. If you can't give online, you can also mail a check to 380 East Covina Boulevard in Covina, California, 91722. And then lastly, the last point I wanted to make for you all is we've been doing these prayer and um, Bible study uh, meetings during the week through Zoom. 
And I just wanted to let you know, this week, I'm, uh, my dad's going to be sending out an email, and I'm going to talk to Pastor Charlie to let you all know. We're going to have an extra code uh, that you'll have to type in if you call in or if you uh, connect um, on your computer or on your phone uh, via the Zoom app. Uh, an extra code, just for security purposes, uh, we want to make sure that only the people who are there for the right reasons are joining our Zoom calls uh, this week. Uh, so just be looking out for that extra code. Just want to give you a heads up that you'll have to provide it. I don't want to provide it on this uh, webcast, uh, but uh, we will be making sure that information gets to you. So just wanted to let you know, and I hope you all have a safe and wonderful week. Uh, I, I really look forward to seeing you all, and uh, God bless. Amen. Thank you, Charles, for keeping us updated on what's happening. And I'm excited about today's message. I really am excited. I've been meditating on it and wanted to give it to you. And I want to pick up where I left off last Sunday, when we were talking about Resurrection Sunday, and the three ways that Jesus proved that he was alive. Now, if it was me, and I'm not Jesus, but if it was me and I came out of that tomb, I'd be, you know, ready to tell somebody, I'm here. I have risen from the dead. I would have looked at those soldiers and said, who's watching me? Who's wa are you guarding me? Well, watch me. I'm walking right out of here. That's just the way I am. But thank God Jesus has saved me. I'm not that way anymore. I might have gone to Pontius Pilate, take a little victory lap and go, hey, you thought you had me? I'm back. No, I, Jesus didn't do that. I might have taken a trip over to see the Sadducees and the Pharisees and said, I told you I was the resurrection and the life. I'm here now. You made a big mistake. Big mistake. No, I wouldn't do I, I, I might have done that before I met the Lord, but he's changed me. You know, I'm going to talk a little bit about that, and that's what we're going to talk about today, is how the Lord has changed us and the ways we can tell and know that the Lord is working on us. Uh, the three reasons why uh, the way Jesus proved himself is, first, the angel told Mary Magdalene, he's not here, he's risen, just like he said he would. And that's what we have to do. We have to believe the word of the Lord. When we don't see him, we have to believe his word. Even today, we have to believe his word. The promises that he's given to us, we have to believe that what he said will surely come to pass. It says in Isaiah, have I not said it? Have I not spoken it? Will I surely not bring it to pass? The second way is he used Mary Magdalene, a woman who had seven demons on the inside of her, and that she changed. He used people that have been changed. Now, I can't imagine seven demons in me. I mean, one or two, yeah, maybe, but seven? But she had a complete change and loved the Lord. The Bible says, he that is forgiven much loves much, and she loved him. And the third reason was because of his presence. He went and visited the disciples and said, here I am, look at me. And we don't have to see Jesus, we can just feel his presence when we lift up our hands and say, Lord God, we love you, we praise you, we glorify you. He comes. The presence of, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. So the Lord impressed me to talk about uh, number two today, how we can know that Jesus is changing our lives. Don't you want to know that? Now we know God can change anybody. That's a theological fact and truth that we know that God, but can he change us? Can he change our neighbor? Can he change our spouse? Can he change our children? 
Well, we have to, you know, we get caught in the old adage, well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, or a tiger can't change his stripes. That's because we have habits, we have tendencies, we have a lifestyle that we know is hard to break, but the Lord can break us. And so we want to look at a very familiar story here about Saul, who uh, later changed his name to Paul. And the Lord changed his heart on the road to Damascus. And the Lord knocked him down and uh, presented himself to him. And I know a lot of you are asking for your children or your spouses to, for the Lord to give them a Damascus uh, conversion. Knock them over, Lord. Knock them down. Knock some sense into them, Lord. <laughs> but uh, sometimes the Lord does that. Sometimes he doesn't. But let's look in Acts chapter 9. And let's see the story about Paul. Now, Paul, Paul, or Saul at the time, was public enemy number one. He was going around and looking for Christians and uh, tying them up and putting them in prison and, yay, even killing them. So he was not voted the most likely to become a Christian. But here's a guy that after he got saved said these kinds of things. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. He's also the one that says, I can do all things who, through Christ who strengthens me. And then finally he said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, this was a complete, total transformation of one that hated Jesus, tried to kill all those that were followers of his, then turns around and now all of a sudden he's preaching Christ. He's talking about the Lord. So we're going to look at uh, in, in, in Acts chapter 9. Let's look at this. If you have your Bibles, uh, get them out. If not, just uh, you can look at it later. But in chapter 9, verse 1, it says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners in Jerusalem. So we see here, Paul was continually looking for Christians. He went all the way to Damascus. That's 130 miles away, looking for men and women to what? Murder them. Whoa, what kind of guy is this? But he went 130 miles because he had a zeal. He thought that the Christians were upsetting the Judaism that he was uh, teaching. And he said, I need to eradicate them. I need to take them off the face of the earth. So what happened was, in verse 4, he fell to the ground. Well, or, or, I'm sorry. Suddenly, a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground. Now, notice there's no horse in this story. And, and he recounts this two other times. There's no horse because if there was a horse, you would think, well, the horse got frightened and knocked him off. No, it was the Lord that knocked him down. It was the Lord shining bright upon him. And he saw the glory of the Lord. And all he could do was bend down and, and lay prostrate and say, Lord, who are you? And let's see, that's what he says. He said, who are you, Lord? And... Uh, the Lord said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Then the Lord said to him, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against my promptings. In other words, the Lord was nudging him and prompting him and, and trying to get through to him. Has he ever tried to do that to you and you just ignore him? You keep going on your way? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city 
and you will be told what you must do. And that's what we have to ask the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to do in my life? And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. His friends were not that spiritual. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he saw no one because he was blind. But they led him by the hand and brought him in Damascus, into Damascus. And he was there three days and three nights without sight and neither ate nor drank. So the Lord was uh, at, uh, apprehending him calling him to be of service. And you might wonder, why would the Lord call this man who is persecuting Christians, have no idea that Jesus was the Savior? Well, it's kind of like this. Uh, it was explained to me when I was growing up. My mentor told me, prove yourself to the Lord. Show him that you have zeal. Show him that you love him, that you're faithful in everything that you, that's put in front of you. So I was. I was faithful to uh, work as a uh, children's church teacher. I was faithful to work as a church administrator. I was faithful to work in pastoral care. And then the Lord, after 20 years, gave me a church to, to, uh, to manage and to, to run in His way. So you have to know that the Lord is, wants to work with those that are faithful. And in Saul's case, God's saying, I need to put this guy on my side. I need him to be on my team. He's, he's wiping me out. I, I enjoy his zeal. And, and don't you know people like that? They have such a zeal for God. They have such charisma, but they're not doing the right thing for the Lord. And you'd say, man, he would make a great Christian or she would make a wonderful Christian if only she would accept the Lord. So that's what the Lord did with Saul. He arrested him. And, you know, when I was growing up, before I met the Lord, I was the same way, going my own way, doing my own thing, not listening to the nudging and the promptings of the Lord. But one day, the Lord arrested me as well. Now, I used to play softball a lot, and I was uh, uh, kind of uh, terrible on the field. I was a nice person uh, off the field, but I did anything that I could to win, whether to trick or to tease or to taunt, whatever I could do to get, to get the victory. And I would go home at night and I would feel bad, like, oh, why did I do that? Why? But I was, it was nice to win. But when the Lord arrested me, all of a sudden I turned into this nice, pleasant, thoughtful player. And the team that was with me said, what happened to you? They've known me a long time. What happened to you? I told them, I got saved. They go, well, we'll see how long that lasts. And, you know, after we played softball, we would go and have pizza and beer at the pizza parlor, and I would go have pizza with them because they were still my friends, but I wouldn't drink any beer because I just didn't want to partake in that. So let's look at this here. Let's look at, we have four ways to find out that Saul was being changed by the Lord. Are you ready? This is so good. In verse 26, it says, and when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. He tried to be part of them, tried to say, okay, guys, you know, the Lord spoke to me. I'm ready to preach with you. But they were afraid of him, the Bible says, and did not believe that he was a disciple. Now, let's skip verse 27 and go to verse 28. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. What happened between verse 26 and verse 28? Well, I'll give you a little hint. Verse 27. <laughs> Let's go back. In 26, they didn't want him to be with them because they were afraid of him. And in verse 28, he was with them coming in and going out. Let's go over it again. 
In verse 26, they rejected him. Verse 28, they accepted him. What happened in verse 27? Well, let's look at it. 26 says, And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. In verse 27, it says, But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So in this one verse, we see four ways that we can tell that the Lord is changing you. Are you ready for this? The first way was that Barnabas took him and vouched for him. Barnabas was witness of what Saul was doing, and actions speak speak louder than words. And you see, uh, Saul was hanging around people who love God now. He He forsake those old people, as I forsook my old softball buddies. So the first thing, and it was hanging around with people that love God. So the first thing that you can tell that you're being changed by God is who you hang around with. My mom used to say, birds of a feather flock together. I said, Mom, what does that mean? Well, it means that you hang around people that are spiritual if you want to be more spiritual. You hang around people that love the Lord and talk about the Lord. And so this is what happened with Barnabas. He saw that Saul was earnest in his faith, and he recommended him to the apostles. That was the first thing that they did. You have to have people around you that believe in you, believe that you're going to be what you're not right now, but that you have, you're going to accomplish what the Lord has uh, directed for you to have. I had someone like that. When I first got saved, I went to the church, and there was an assistant pastor, Pastor Major, and I just loved him. I said, oh, I want to be like you. I want to tell me how to be like Jesus. I want to follow him. And he showed me the ropes. He taught me. He spent time with me. Sometimes you need people to spend time with you to show you things that you don't know and save the time that you need to develop in the Lord to be like Christ. And uh, so he did that, and, and I was so thankful. So the first thing is hang around people that will teach you about Jesus and that can see your good works. Second reason is that Saul fell to the ground because he had seen the Lord. He was walking and light shined on. He fell on the ground, and that fell on the ground is the same word, Greek, Greek word for humble. He was humbled. You know, sometimes we think we're all that in a bag of chips. We think that we know what to do. We're so smart. We're, we're, we have so much intelligence. We, we have so much insight. No, 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 no. You need to be humbled before the Lord. I know a lot of you have been humbled, and that's one of the reasons why you come to the Lord. You realize that you don't have all the answers. You don't have all the solutions to your problems, that you come to the end of your rope. You come to the edge of the cliff and say, okay, Lord, I I realize that I'm not my own. I don't have all the answers. I need you to take me through. And these experiences humble you and make you willing and ready to receive what the Lord has for you. So the second thing is, you have to humble yourself. You know, a lot of times, and, and Paul was in this, Saul was in this case, he was blind. He, 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 wasn't, he didn't know what was happening around him. And sometimes you need someone to give you a helping hand. You, you know you're not as strong as you thought you were. You're not as smart as you thought you were. And the Lord has to put his hand upon you to guide you and direct you. So the second reason is you know that you've been humbled. You know that you're not all that in yourself. The third reason is that the Lord spoke to him, and in verse 11 it says he was praying. 
you know, when you're praying, that solves a lot of problems, solves a lot of situations that you couldn't do in your own. And you, when you have the wisdom of God as he departs it to you, you can be encouraged and you can have direction and you can have confidence that everything is going to work out because the Lord is with you. If God be for you, who can be against you? Amen? So when you pray, the Lord will change you. The Lord will teach you. The Lord will help your mind. Can I get an amen? The Lord will control your feelings. He gives you perspective on things. He changes you from the inside out. When you are stuck on things and you can't get out of them, you can pray and the Lord can deliver you. Prayer will help you fight temptation. It will convict your heart to do the right thing. It'll hold your tongue when you want to speak, and God will cause you to not speak things that are displeasing to him. When you call upon the name of the Lord, he will activate holiness in you. You know, Saul was blind, but he was praying. He didn't know what was going on, but he was praying. Sometimes we don't know what's going on in our life. We have a lot of questions. The Lord, why are you doing this? Or why is this happening? But you got to pray. And that that way you can discern what is good and evil. And in his prayer, he had a vision of Ananias wanting to come and lay hands on him, and that he would be delivered from this. So you have to see yourself victorious. You have to see yourself walking in favor, and that comes through prayer. And the last thing, the fourth thing to see if you're changing, is that you're, he was preaching. He was talking about Jesus. Amen? <laughs> Listen to what you say. See if you're talking about Jesus. A lot of times you say to people, how you doing? And they want to go through all the scenario of how they were hurt, how somebody did something wrong to them, and how that made them feel. No, you don't need to go backwards. You need to go frontwards. You need to go forwards and preach Jesus. Saul wasn't trying to explain to Peter and John how he had changed. He was just doing what he was supposed to do. He was talking about the goodness of God. He was talking about how Jesus changed his heart. How He was talking about how uh, the goodness of God has just come upon him. Amen? So we have to know that there's nothing that can concern us that Jesus is not there for us. The Bible says that he, you can cast every care upon him because what? He cares for us. That's a revelation that he cares for us, that he wants to be with us and, and take hold of everything that we're going through and, and take us by the hand and carry us through. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your word and your staff, hallelujah, they comfort me. Glory to God. We have a God in heaven that is walking with us. Amen? So thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. And as, he, as you walk through these weeks, As you walk through the time that we are able to be released, know that God is with you, God is for you, God is helping you do all the things that he wants you to do. So the four ways, in summary, is the people you hang around with. Look at your friends. Are they God-fearing? Are they spiritual? Maybe not all of them, but some of them have to be someone that you can learn from. Second is, have you seen the Lord and he's humbled you? Has he made himself known to you? how great and how powerful and how mighty he is. Let that be a part of your life. The Bible says he dwells with those that are of a broken and contrite spirit. The third thing is, are you praying to God? 
Are you taking everything to Jesus? And when you take everything to Jesus, He seems to solve and settle them. He, in Hebrews it says He solves and settles the cases of His people. Glory to God. There's no case that He can't solve. And the last thing, are you talking about Jesus? Are you telling people about the good things of the Lord? Are you not hung up in the past, but looking towards the future and even the present? So let me pray with you. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. So, Father, I thank you that we want to be like Christ. We want you to take hold of our lives, to change us from the inside out. Make us more like you, conformed into your image. I thank you that, you're, Lord, you're with us, you're watching over us, and you're uh, causing us to be more like you. So, Father, I just thank you for those, those that are out there, that they have a new revelation that God wants them to be more than what they are in the name of Jesus. I want to just thank you also for your offerings as you give to the Lord. Uh, you know, things haven't changed in, in heaven. Uh, the economy of God is still going on, and as we sow, so shall we, we reap. If we give unto the Lord, He will give back to us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Men will give unto our bosoms. With this hope, when you give, Believe the Lord is going to give back to you. So, so, friends, I thank you. I'll see you next week. If you need me or Pastor Charlie, please call, and we're here to help. God bless you. Have a great week.